Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we give a voice to the women whose story is moving, meaningful, and compelling. I'm super excited to have a guest today whom I've never met before, but can't wait to get to know better, Dr. Ruth Gautien. Ruth, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Now, before we go forward, shall I call you Dr. Ruth? Oh, no, there's only one Dr. Ruth. <laughs> and though we have many similarities, she gets that title. <laughs> I like her a lot. Well, welcome, Dr. Gautian. And if it's okay with you, I'll call you Ruth going forward. I only love it. Okay. Yes. All right. Great. Well, why don't you tell um, the audience and myself a little bit about you since I haven't met you before? Sure. So I am uh, from New York. Um, New York City, and I am the Assistant Dean for Mentoring at Weill Cornell Medicine and the Chief Learning Officer in their Department of Anesthesiology. So I make people successful for a living, and it's the best job in the world. Wow, what a powerful, <laughs> yeah, that's so powerful and so wonderful. Um, maybe a little bit of Dr. Gotan magic can rub off on me, because I love <laughs> what you do. Um, you're clearly a giver. You have this, um, from what I've read, you're an ENFJ, as am I. So I love that. Yes, we are yeah. in great company. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't know what that means. Can you tell us what that means to you? Sure. So there's different types of personality assessments. Um, no shortage of them. Myers-Briggs is one of the ones um, that's very popular. And ENFJ, which the two of us are, um, means that we are the extroverted people. We get our energy from people. What they say and the relationship with them is of paramount importance. So we have never met a stranger. Everyone has something to bring to the table. Uh, and that's part of who we are is we want to really get to know people. And we are also about giving back to people. I love that. That quick assessment was spot on. It hit me personally. Um, <laughs> I definitely can share that... Um, relationships are my lifeblood. I mean, it means the world to me to have relationships and to um, seek to understand others as well <coughs> as to be understood. Um, that said, might you imagine that this stay-at-home order we're all under now because of COVID-19 is quite a challenge for those who are ENFJs? Absolutely. In fact, I was just writing an extrovert's guide to social distancing um, because, yes, because it's so necessary. I really struggled at the beginning and uh, Zoom sort of saved my life because <laughs> I needed, you know, the, the emails and texts and phone calls were great, but I really needed to see people and interact with people. And I don't care if you were making sandwiches, I just needed to be part of that and, and part of that banter. So I am part of Zoom calls, you know, all day and all night. Um, the mentoring that I usually do has gone to Zoom and it's been fantastic. Um, so it's really about all those connections with other people and I try to get them any way I can. So, um, and you'll also have, um, you know, for people like us, we, we need that background noise of conversation. So I will have either a radio on or the TV on in the background, just so yes. I can feel that I'm like at Starbucks and have that background noise. 
I love that you said that. I've never <laughs> um, considered that or I've never shared that, um, but that's so true. I mean, it's yeah. absolutely true. I'll have Alexa on in the background, even if it's the sound of the fireplace crackle or a waterfall yes. or classical music or what have you. Um, mm -hmm. I never thought about that. Absolutely. It, it sort of helps me to um, self-regulate and I find a happy place with that um, background sound. We crave the human connection. Totally powerful word. Crave yes. the human connection. Well, that said, now you know you have a sister in me, and you're welcome oh, to zoom with yeah. me anytime. Oh, thank you. And yeah. you know we're in great company. You know, Oprah Winfrey is another ENFJ, and you know maybe she'll join our sister circle. Oh, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> you know, I had the naivete as a new business owner about two years ago to reach out to uh, Brene Brown <laughs> to mm -hmm. come speak at one of my events. Why not? Uh, I know. That's the thinking of an ENFJ, correct? Why not? That's right. We think, why not? Um, that's and right. And I, I am the person who will, you know, sit in the room with uh, Barack Obama and be comfortable with that and not, yes. you know, I'm, I'm deferential to the appropriate degree, but I'm certainly not insecure. Um, and I think, yeah. yeah, I think that's <laughs> another ENFJ trait that some don't understand and that when I, when I shine or I ask you uh, to shine on my show, this is because we want people to follow our example, not because we think we are better than <laughs> trying to outshine others. We want others to, um, you know, find their own story, use their own voice and share That's that right. story. Uh, so I so love, I mean, you're possibly among my top 10 favorite guests and I have <laughs> over 150. Uh, well, I, I have to. I have to tell you that, um, you, so I did get my doctorate um, and I did it in adult learning and leadership. So I figured out how people like you and I learn, which is different from K through 12. And I figured out how certain people ascend to leadership roles. And I actually looked at the most successful people of our generation. And I specifically looked at physician scientists. So I actually contacted the most successful physician scientists of our generation. Um, and people thought I was crazy because these are the people within the scientific world. If I just say their last name, people know who they are. But I reached out to them and people said, well, how could you? And I said, well, how could I not? Right. And, <laughs> and most of them said yes. So I got to interview the most incredible people from the National Institutes of Health and a former Surgeon General and a multitude of university presidents. I mean, the best of the best. Wow. I think I had half a dozen Nobel Prize winners. <gasps> I mean, this is who, and because if I didn't reach out to them, you know, why am I saying no? They can say no to me, but why should I be saying no to myself? Exactly. And if I knew that I had a connection to them through someone, I would ask them to make the introduction and you have nothing to lose by trying. The worst they'll say is no. Do you but find that's to unique to ENFJs about that having no fear of being told no? Because I find a lot of people are paralyzed with making the ask, much less getting the rejection. Um, I think most people are paralyzed. I don't think it's definitely just an ENFJ. I think most people are paralyzed. I think women in particular are paralyzed and underrepresented groups are paralyzed. Um, we tend to discount ourselves yes. before anyone else gets the opportunity to do it. Um, but, you know, we've all lived a very colorful life and I will not let other people, um, you know, 
diminish my flame. So if I, if I want to ask someone for an interview, I will ask them for an interview. And if they don't want it, they can say no, but I will not, I will not say no before they get the opportunity to do so. I love that. You're not selling yourself short and you're also, you know, it's a confident, secure person who can um, make the ask and still take the answer regardless. I mean, I, 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 and I believe you just, I feel like now I've known you all my life. We had a little chat before (laughs) the recording folks. Um, but I believe uh, that we win or learn, never lose. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things um, that I talk about in, this, in the optimizing success workshops that I do is that you have to fear not trying more than you fear failing. Oh, that's so powerful. Exactly. And, right. And that's what I saw with the most successful people is they fear not trying more than they fear failing because failing is a learning opportunity, as you said. It's like the Wayne Gretzky um, quote. Right. About, yeah. Uh, and, and now I'm going to butcher it, I'm sure. But those of you <laughs> listening, <laughs> you know what, you, you, um, you fail 100% of the times with the shots you don't take or something you, like that. You, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, well, tell me, I'm so, so personally, and probably my listenership personally, I am very attracted to what you do for a living. So tell me what your day-to-day looks like when you're on, when you're doing your thing. What does that look like? So it's obviously different every day. Yeah. <laughs> I work with uh, physician scientists and physician scientists and medical educators primarily. Um, so their days are not routine by any chance. Um, so I do a lot of, um, mentoring activities in different ways, everything from one-on-one to small groups, to large events with over a hundred people to workshops. So because I'm trained in adult learning, I know that people learn in different ways. So I'm not going to put you in a room with a hundred people if you actually learn better in groups of five. So we have different things for different people based on their learning style and based on their schedule and based on what they're more comfortable in. Um, So we host a lot of these events through the Mentoring Academy, which I run, um, which is fantastic. And then I also help people to really um, optimize their learning and fill in gaps that they may have in their CV in order to ascend to leadership roles. So in academia, you need to publish, you need to give Um, presentations, have a national and international presence. So I try to help them fill in those gaps and and really teach them how to look for those opportunities and capitalize on them. I have a universe of people who need what you do (laughs) and would appreciate, I I personally would appreciate greatly what you do and do appreciate what I know of it thus far. Um, But I have a universe of mostly women, but women and men who absolutely you know they're genius they're brilliant they're hardworking, but they're so linear they don't yes. know how to step to the side or step yes. to a, an outside their comfort zone they do yes. what they do best and that's that's what they do but they need to broaden their horizons i'm sure you're uh, well i'm not sure but i'm guessing you're a fan of dan pink yes <laughs> yeah so his book uh, whole new mind talks about how those left brainers need to start to tap into the right brain, especially in the age of AI, because if it's dirty, dull, or dangerous, AI can do it now. 
So right. you are a remarkable resource for all of those brilliant people who are struggling to make that transition to the right brain and to fill in their res uh, CV gaps and resume gaps and um, maybe, maybe experience a part of them they didn't know existed. Right. You don't know I what you don't it. know, right? You don't know what you don't know. Exactly. So, so a lot of them don't even know that they're supposed to have mentors and what's the benefit. So I am on my soapbox all the time. And, you know, the research is crystal clear. Those who have mentors outperform and out earn those who do not. So I get them on board that they should have a mentor, not just one. I actually tell them they should have a whole team and who should be on the team and how do you find the right people to be on your team of mentors and what do you look for and where do you find them and how do you approach them? And, you know, I say, don't use the M word. You don't want to ask someone to be your mentor because you're asking them to take on a job. So it's really about developing that relationship and we actually teach them how to organically approach that and let it grow and let it flourish. And, um, just how Let to achieve wonderful you, things. Do you get yes. back when you make that um, request or suggestion or recommendation or subtle uh, suggestion? Do you get any push? Are they, are they at this stage in their lives? Because the people you work with are genius, no doubt. They're brilliant. They're hardworking. They're accomplished. Uh, but yep. again, linear. Do you get pushback? And if so, is that because they're afraid at this stage in their lives and careers to make an ask or to um, be a mentee? Well, you know, I, I think uh, we have our, our tagline is everyone mentor one. So everyone should be both a mentor and a mentee. Love. I don't care if you're the, you know, when I publicly, we had a, a mentoring town hall um, where I had a fireside chat with the dean um, of the medical school. And I said to him publicly, who is your mentor? And he, he would answer that, right? Because everyone needs a mentor and um, to be mentored and be a um, and be a mentor. So we asked these, you know, of our senior leadership, who are your mentors? Because you always need somebody. Um, so we make it very, very public. And in fact, we also have events. I, I was telling you about the different sizes of events, but we also yes. have it for different stages of your career. So we'll have something for the junior folks, but we'll also have something for senior leadership. That's and that was packed. That was packed because we were teaching them how to leverage the skills that they already have. That is so incredible. I, I can't not, people who listen to me regularly know how much I love what you do. I mean, this is like, oh. you are speaking my language. I, my heart is racing. I'm so excited. This is so great to have you here. Um, it's a fun job, isn't it? <laughs> it is a great job. It's a fun job. It's a smart job. I mean, it's smart fun. So I have never heard of, um, what you do. Like I had never heard of this particular role. I, I know you yep. sort of created this, didn't you? Didn't you? It, it was created by our Dean. It's in fact, it's the first one in the country. Exactly. Medical center. Um, and he created it and um, the, the assistant Dean of mentoring role. So we are, we are just, you know, creating something from scratch and some things will work and some things will not work. But remember, I fear not trying more than I fear failing. So if it doesn't work, I don't need to repeat it. But at right. least I um, And if it helps one person, it might, be, it might be worth continuing in some variation of it. So we have 1,800 faculty members and not everyone's going to need mentoring in the same way. 
I cannot tell you. I mean, I was thinking, you know, I've never heard of this. Uh, you know, this is, so, <laughs> and to me, it makes so much sense. Why have we not done this before? And where That's has right. this been all my life? And <laughs> absolutely. I mean, this is just, uh, seriously. Okay. You've just moved into the top five. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm going for that top one. <laughs> It, we'll see where we are at the close of the uh, podcast. You may Did I mention I'm very competitive? <laughs> yes, yes. And I love that. And that's okay. And, and then we should be our highest and best selves and compete against that, the woman we were yesterday. So I love, yeah, that's right. yeah you're an incredible, incredible woman. Can you tell my audience a little bit about, uh, we talk about mentorship uh, yeah. and it's very important, but they often don't understand there's a difference between mentorship and sponsorship. So tell me a little bit about that. Sure. So a mentor is the one who will help you with the work that you're doing, help you achieve your goals, right? You tell them what it is that you want to do. I want to be a vice president. And then they will help you come up with all the things that you need to do in order to be um, a vice president. And that will be a whole laundry list of things. And you'll say, okay, I've done, you know, one through seven, but eight through 10, I'm not really sure how to do. And they can help you figure that out, introduce you to the right people, teach you a certain skill set, all of those great things, give you perspective. A sponsor is the person who talks about you when you're not even in the room. So those are the people who are saying, you know, I think it's time for Susan to be vice president. She has done the work. She has put in her time. She has brought in great business. She's the one that we need, right? They're talking about you when you're not even in the room. They're nominating you for awards. They're nominating you for high profile committees. Um, And they're connecting you with other people. And they will do that in meetings. They will do that on social media. I mean, there's so many ways to do it, which is why I tell people just because we're in the middle of a pandemic and you are stuck at home does not mean you can't sponsor your mentees. There, you it know, might mean call. that now's the time more than ever, right? Absolutely. You should be doing it on Zoom calls. You should be mentioning the names of other people. You should be doing it on social media. And double points for you if you do it for people who are usually overlooked, which are the women and underrepresented groups and first-generation student, college students and things like that, those groups of people. So you get bonus points for that. That's awesome. And such an important message, not just because it makes me tingle all over, but because there's so many people in this world, especially during this COVID-19 crisis, who are, uh, I mean, we overlook our DNI initiatives during times like this. I, I don't know. There's a lot of research out there about it. I haven't studied it in depth, but I know that women and minorities suffer most during times like this. We go back to our bad habits of relying on rich old white men for yep. everything. Um, so I cannot tell you the timeliness of this podcast, you know, it was scheduled before we had this, um, stay at home order. So it just so happens to be, uh, you know, I don't know. The universe is, is, is giving us a hat tip right now. (laughs) Yeah. So you are such a remarkable woman. I want to get to know you more. So I'm, I don't usually ask these types of questions, but I want people to know you, the woman, not just your job, which is an amazing, incredible must do (laughs) job, but you are, um, like, what do you, do you have children? Um, are you, do you have, are you, are you struggling with maybe having kids at home learning online? I mean, what (laughs) are you going through now that this new normal is work and home have actually blended? Yes. So, um, 
so I'll tell you my, my whole story in a, in a nutshell. So I have been involved in higher ed and academic medicine in one way or another for almost 30 years. Um, and I actually started out my master's degrees in business and I actually worked in finance for two years uh, in banking. And I made the switch out of that back into um, higher education. Wow. And I initially worked with undergrad and grad students, and I needed a break from some of the disciplinary issues, so decided to work with overachievers. And for 22 years, I ran the MD-PhD program at Weill Cornell, which was a partnership between Weill Cornell Rockefeller and Sloan Kettering. Um, and these were, um, my students were those that are getting both degrees, both an MD degree and a PhD degree simultaneously. Love and that. We, oh, they are. Oh my God. We were joking people. about nerds earlier. This are, <laughs> what did you say that was so funny? I said, um, I love nerds. Nerds are great. And you said, uh, what's another name for a nerd? Do you know what you call them? <laughs> what? Boss. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. It's hilarious. It's so yes. true. I mean, embrace if you are a nerd you know, shine like a nerd, embrace the nerd. If you're not, then get to know one. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, these physician scientists like Tony Fauci, Dr. Tony Fauci, who we yeah. see on television every day, he's a physician scientist, right? Yes. He has a medical degree and he, and he does research. So, um, so that's who I worked with. And then um, I actually, you mentioned Dr. Ruth at the beginning and I yeah. said, there's only one Dr. Ruth, but we have a lot of similarities. Um, and I actually got a chance to meet her and, and we spoke about these similarities. So we both got our doctorates at the same institution at Columbia University. We both got them when we were in our forties. Wow. That's impressive. Yes. And, um, we are both, um, we both, so we both got in our forties. We both got it at the same institution. Um, we are both bilingual in the same two languages, Wow. but only, but only one of us is a trained sniper. And I'll leave it up to you to figure out and your listeners to figure out which one. <laughs> now, you can I, probably Google that. <laughs> I am going to Google that because that's incredible. I'm thinking it's not her, but I mean, you know, she snipes a lot on her interviews. <laughs> <laughs> and we are about um, a foot apart in our height. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's interesting. Um, so anyway, so then, um, so I got my doctorate and I transitioned to this role of mentoring. I told you I studied the most successful people of our generation, figure out their, their habits, their practices, their mantras, and see if I can teach that to other people. And um, so that's what I do, you know. And, um, and that, that begs the question back to my, are you easily transitioning to doing this online now that you're you're the teacher in this so are you um how are your students in this this new new right so i work with the healthcare workers so we've sort of put a pause on that because they are all on the front line and these True. kinds of things are you know really the back of their mind right now yeah so what i've been doing is i've actually been writing quite a number of articles which are sent out and then they can read that at their leisure Great and, use of your time and your interest. Yes. I forgot all about that. That's true. The people that you work with, train, mentor, and, and are mm -hmm. a mentee to you as well, because you, you know, it's important to have a reciprocal relationship. They yep. are on the front line in this and they are yes. at war. This is very, I, I, I'm 
you know, we, we mustn't forget that. And um, yes, I'm glad that you mentioned that. Let me ask you, um, I noticed something about your name that was another intriguing connection to another Ruth. Is that, is that something we should talk about? <laughs> you mean the judge? <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that little judge, little old judge, everyone loves. Uh, we are not. We somewhere? are not related. We are okay. not related. <laughs> That's so funny. Am I crazy, or did I see that uh, in a in Perrin somewhere? The, you know, the, you, the you saw that. Yes, you saw it. But we we are not related. <laughs> so is that your is that your middle name? What is that? Where does that come in? Oh, so that's my maiden name. Your maiden name is Ginsburg. Spelled the same way. That is where I'm going with this. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> so <laughs> I immediately was like, wowza, you know? Yes. And, and, and I have to tell you, you've moved, moved up to top three now. I'm still, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still like, wowza. This is amazing. You're one incredible woman who, because you are so sharing of your... Um, you know, emotional, intellectual, spiritual, whatever, your, your gifts, if you will, you are incredible. You are just someone I want to emulate. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You're my new <laughs> mentor. <laughs> Whether you know <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Who has been your inspirational mentor? So I've had many, 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 um, so I want to talk about two of them, actually. Okay. Um, so there's one whose name is Dr. Bert Shapiro, and he was the head of all MD-PhD programs at the National Institutes of Health. And he became a mentor of mine early on. And when I told him that I want to apply to get my doctorate, and I told him what I want to study, he did not he didn't even blink. He thought it was the most natural thing in the world. Um, and he actually said to me, you know, all of these people, all these physician scientists are always looking at outcomes in a very quantitative way. You're going to look at it from a very different lens and no one's ever done that. And this is a perspective that we need. So he was incredibly, incredibly encouraging. Um, so he, he's one of them. The other one um, is a woman named Dr. Marie Volpe, who's on the faculty of um, Columbia University Teachers College. And she was actually my doctoral advisor. And she had an incredible story herself. She got her doctorate when she was, um, I think she was around 50 when she got it. Um, and she didn't even have, I think she got her bachelor's degree when she was around 30. And my year, she, uh, she turned 80 years old, the year I graduated the year I was graduated, and she had nine advisees graduate that same wow. year, which is unheard of. Wow. Unheard of. I know what that means. That's wow. And, <laughs> yeah. And she is, I mean, if you want to talk about a Wonder Woman, it is her. She just didn't stop. She did not stop. She would wake up at 5 a.m. By the time you woke up in the morning, you would get feedback. We would have conversations on my commute into the city and we would discuss different challenges I was having with different chapters. And she, you know, she told you the truth, even if it was hard to hear, but she also could tell and read you if you didn't quite agree with what she was saying. And she would 
not let go until you talked it out and either she understood my way or I understood her way. Sometimes we would meet in the middle. Um, often one of us would compromise, but it was just so refreshing to have that perspective. And um, she is a wonder woman, my goodness. <laughs> what, a, what a nice testament. Um, she sounds like, so it, so it to me sounds like both of you are uh, of the mindset that feedback is a sign of respect. And so you are opening uh, your minds up in your, in, to, to learn new things and to see a different perspective of what you thought you knew to be the truth yes. or what you thought. That is truly a great mentor who will, you know, yes. yeah. Yes. And, and, and what, and, go ahead. Especially since she allowed you, the student, to be the teacher sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, she was the expert in the process. She wrote books on it. She had, I don't know, by the time wow. she had me, she had 40, 50, 60, you know, advisees that she's put through during her career. Um, but, you know, something that was, um, she really ingrained in me was that we need to think of feedback the way musicians and athletes think of it. Yes. Right. Michael Phelps, the most decorated Olympic athlete of all times with more Olympic medals than, you know, anyone else, he will review the videos of every single swim, every single entry into the water, every single, you know, turn after he finishes a lap. And it'll be critiqued down to the nanosecond because that critique is to make him better. Right. Right. Same thing with musicians, right? It is every measure they'll repeat over and over and over again because that feedback is to make them better, not to critique what they're doing, not to push them down, but actually to lift them up. So if oh, we look at feedback that. that way, right, yeah. it's just to make us better. So I think it takes some love of self, respect of self to be open to doing that. And mm -hmm. I am you know, in that same school of thought that feedback is a sign of respect and it's only to make you better. Even if the feedback turns out to be wrong, it still encourages another perspective or a, a different way of looking at things. Absolutely. Um, you know, and so sometimes right is not just one way either. So maybe, maybe the feedback is different than your perception, but it too is correct. So Absolutely. I love that. I'm all about it. And I love to surround myself with people who are um, courageous enough to give this strong personality, strong personality, ENFJ feedback. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Cause we could be difficult. <laughs> right. I know. I know. And, and, you know, I think that in leading by example, we think we're encouraging others to be strong and own your story and, you know, go for it. And if you're rejected, that's okay. It's better than not trying in the first place but they don't always see it that way. So I have had to train myself to um, slow down, mm -hmm. uh, you know, ask a lot of questions, say, mm -hmm. are you with me? Do you understand my intent in this? Because as you yep. know, the receiver makes meaning of the message, not the sender. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I, I love everything that's coming out of your mouth. It's just so amazing. <laughs> it's just incredible. Um, well, let me ask you, I, I talk about, you just actually gave me the perfect seg segue. You talked about not putting each other down, but lifting each other up by giving mm -hmm. feedback. Too often women put each other down and not lift each other up. Yes. How might you recommend in our day-to-day -day lives our um, lifting other women in business? So I think it was you know, Madeleine Albright, the former Secretary of State, who said there's a special place in hell for women who don't help other women. 
Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I've been known and, to quote her many times. <laughs> yes. And it's so true. And I think women really do need to help other women. Um, and really, you know, you give of yourself in order to get other people to help you. And also because frankly, it's the right thing to do. Yes. So you need to, as you're going up, you need to bring other people with you. And remember, they are not competing with you. There's room for everybody. And you have to just really sponsor other people, even if you are junior to them, right? That's so you true. talk about um, if someone got an award, announce it. Congratulations, Susan, for the, your award and blah, 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 right? Because the other people in the room may not even know about it. So, that's and so I always true. say you need to you know, amplify, amplify, amplify. If that's on social media, you know, you can post something and link to that person and to whatever it is they did, their award, their article, their commencement speech, whatever it was they did. You have to quote them um, in meetings. You have to quote them if you're writing articles. You have to collaborate with them on projects, co-author with them, cite them, invite them to give talks, to give presentations, to lead workshops, to come to your organization or national conference. Um, so all of those things, invite, cite, co-author, collaborate, quote, all I of that. I love it. Shine the light on. You just beautifully, articulately uh, explained my mission. <laughs> exactly. So you, I find you so fascinating. I mean, you're obviously you're resonating with the things that I'm most passionate about and you're putting it in a way that it's almost like you're pulling from my brain and my heart and sharing in words that which I sometimes can't or haven't and need to more often. So I'm thinking that along those lines, we should actually put a little blurb about um, Dr. Shapiro and Dr. Volpe in your blog that I'm going to write about you. Oh, shout out to them. Uh, maybe a hyperlink to their, um, a little more about them. Um, Absolutely. They're awesome bet. people. You are so fascinating. I can't tell you. I, 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 I'm, I'm never, I'm not going to say that you're the most fascinating person I've ever podcasted, even though you just might be, because I don't want to hurt anyone else's feelings. So just uh, <laughs> that way, it'll be our little secret. How about that? Uh, you know what the, you know what they do in a lot of these um, conferences um, and organizations you know, people say, I'm the number one coach. I'm the number one mentor. I'm the number one communicator. I'm the number one leadership expert. It's like, you know, in elementary school, they come up with categories for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. The best, you know, reader Monday at noon on exactly. when the, when the sky is cloudy. <laughs> Yeah. So many, um, you know, superlatives and a lot of hyperbole. It sounds like our uh, current administration, but uh, uh, in my case, I mean that you are really, truly among the most remarkable people I've ever connected with. And I think oh, part of that you. is because we speak the same language. I mean, yes. I get you. I mean, it's really great. Well, let me ask you, it hasn't been a bed of roses always, I'm sure, because you would no. not have become this most robust woman um, you are. So if there's something that you can tell us about a challenge or a setback that you overcame and how, that would be great. So I think there were actually many of them, but um, there's one that I'm actually proud of the way I came out of it. Um, so there was an opportunity that I wanted. And 
I didn't get it. And um, it was, it became obvious to me that if I wanted to rise up, um, I needed to go back to school. And as I said, I was in my 40s. I was working full time. I don't think I mentioned I was, when I went back to school, I was working full time and raising a family. And um, that was tough. That was really, really tough. But I had an incredible support system. Um, and I decided I was never not going to get an opportunity I wanted because of something I could have controlled. So that's why I went back to school um, to get that degree. And actually it was the best decision I ever made. And I had never enjoyed school so much. And that it was an illuminating experience. And it was, um, I still miss the school very much. I don't miss um, the deadlines for writing papers, but (laughs) (laughs) I I miss the learning so much. I mean, I was just surrounded by the most incredible, incredible minds in the world. So, you know, I had that in my work and now I had it in school and I'm still in touch with them. That's all the time. I can imagine you are, you collect people, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the same way. Well, I'm so glad that you took on that challenge because too often in this lifetime, people don't realize there are things within your control that you can focus your time, effort, energy, and attention on. But instead, you're spending too much of that time, effort, and attention and energy on things you cannot control. So what a great awakening for you. And thank, you know, I'm thankful that you went through that because you wouldn't be here today without having gone through that. So that's right. (laughs) Everything I've learned about you has been a surprising fact about you to me, at least, because I have never (laughs) met you before. But is there something maybe your colleagues or friends don't know about you that you want to share here today? Maybe a little secret skill? Secret skill. Or, you know, whatever. Maybe you um, are a bungee jumper in your spare time. Who knows? No, (laughs) no. Um, Let's see. Um, So I can connect with a high school student with as much ease as I can with a Fortune 500 CEO. Love that. So Um, that's very (laughs) ENFJ. I, um, fun fact, worked at Mad Magazine. When oh my God. <laughs> so a lot of listeners may not um, recall Mad Magazine. I'm dating myself here, but I, I do. I do. That's amazing. That was fun. That's a um, great one. And I am related to, um, we were talking about, you know, connections. Um, I, I do have a bunch of famous people in my family, but, um, you know, we talk about burnout so often. Um, in all of our work. And the one who actually coined the term is Dr. Herb Freudenberger, who happens to be my cousin. Wow. Uh, It is now the 40th anniversary since he coined that term. Now he's passed away 20 years ago, but it's now the 40th anniversary. um, And I'm looking forward to see what happens, you know, since he first coined that term, because that work has really, that body of work has really grown since then. So I always laugh that I knew about burnout before I ever knew what work was. So. <laughs> well, let me speak to that because it, it struck me when you said that uh, we all know what burnout is, but I think in part, if he were alive today, he would have an entire uh, additional body of work 
regarding yes. burnout because of the digital age or yes. satellite communication yeah. introducing you know technology you know we work 24 7 now i'm never i have no hours anymore that's um, right constant connection uh via technology so i think he would be uh you know giving us some warnings and some yes. you know better practices than what we engage in now i'm guilty as anyone of all that but um i think we all are <laughs> yeah well i tell you what you are one incredible woman i am so honored that you are on the show today um oh, thanks for having me this was so have, fun thank yeah. you yeah <laughs> you have not heard the last of me sister oh um, love it <laughs> but if people want to reach you and get to know you better and i'm sure they will what, how would they do that? How can they reach you? So there's a bunch of ways. Um, you could go to my website, which is just my name, ruthgotian.com. So it's R-U-T-H-G-O-T-I-A-N.com. Uh, also on all the social media channels, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, just my name, Ruth Gotian. And um, there's links on all of those to these videos that I'm doing, Mentoring Moments which are these two minute, very, very brief videos that people can watch. People have been sending me questions about mentoring and networking and professional development. And I answer these questions with actionable tips that people can implement immediately. And it's in these very brief things, you know, as you're putting on your makeup um, or getting dressed, you can um, watch it. And, you know, it's everything from how do you find a mentor and who should be on your mentoring team and why even bother having a mentor and how do we do it? How do we do this mentoring when we're social distancing and how can I be more productive? I wrote about something called um, a 25 minute sprint, how you work in 25 minute cycles. Um, so I talk about that on one of the videos. So all the links are there. Just go to my website, ruthgotian.com or any of the social media, just my name. I love it. And do you, so folks, for those of you who didn't get to jot all that down, don't worry. I'm going to put all of that contact info and the uh, connecting with uh, Ruth info in the blog that I write um, about her after we are done with our podcast. So no worries if you missed it. You are so amazing. I wonder if maybe um, there's an opportunity for me to share more of you and your videos with my universe of followers and it's not it's not too shabby i've got about fifteen thousand followers um That's a lot. And, and about fourteen thousand of them would really appreciate what you do <laughs> <laughs> and and probably all 15 but you know there's always the person who won't admit they need something or someone <laughs> that's okay because they might have a daughter a sister a mother True. an aunt a son or you know True. <laughs> Well, I have so enjoyed our conversation. You are so remarkable and the time has flown and I'm going to say goodbye now and say thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. Have a good day, everyone.